0: Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. S.J. Jones, born in Durban, South Africa, is a Grammy-featured producer and songwriter now based between Los Angeles and Yucca Valley in California. She had her first major cut in the U.S. alongside co-writer Justin Tranter in 2013 with the single I Choose You by Time Flies on Def Jam Records. Since then, she has worked with Grey Days, Sean Kingston, Jeffree Star, Olivia Holt, Escape the Fate, Mystery Skulls with Nile Rogers and Brandy, Alien, Ant Farm, and many more. She is also the songwriter, producer, guitarist, and vocalist for We Are Pigs, a new metal hybrid with brutal riffs, brazen screams and ethereal melodies created by SJ, including collaborations with Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins, Brian Head Welch from Love and Death and Korn, POD and Crazy Town. In the summer of 2020, We Are Pigs made its debut with the cover of Slipknot's Duality and the first original single, Pulse Queen, followed at the tail end of the year. That has boasted 15 additions to editorial playlists between spotify amazon music and apple music sj has had over two decades of success in the music industry during the first part she cemented herself as one of south africa's top rock vocalists fronting durban-based band stealing love jones the band achieved mainstream success with four number one singles as well as sharing the stage with major international acts like One Republic, Fallout Boy, Violent Femmes, the Jimmy Eat World, and many more. Up next on Slabsvant, we've got SJ Jones. Where do we find you in the world? How are you doing and what's happening in your life?
1: Well, hi, Barrett. Thank you so much for having me. I am sitting in my house in Yucca Valley, which is right near Joshua Tree in okay. California. It's about... Mm-hmm. Two and a half hours outside of Los Angeles. And many of you may or may not know that I'm a Durban girl born and bred. And I'm, I've been in California since 2009. It's been a
0: while. Let's rewind. Now there are two avenues I want to touch on separately because we've got behind the microphone or on stage and also your production. So I'd like Mm -hmm. to start off with the stage and music. At what age did it resonate for you to say, cool, I'm going to go into the music industry and how did that materialize and that journey evolve to where we are today? Wow,
1: great question. I think it all started at a really young age for me. I I was playing in the church bands uh, from very young and I started a... A band called Tweak, which is completely separate to the other South African band, Tweak, when I was around about 12. And so I've been playing in bands since I was really young. I really can't put my finger on exact time or place or moment, but I think music has always been in my bones from a very young age and it just I'm very at home on the stage and very at home being surrounded by music and musicians and in every and all sorts of different genres so that was pretty much the start of it was from from church that taught me everything I know really in, in terms of musicianship and then just growing from there
0: and how did that evolve to the different bands you've been in and to where we are today
1: after high school, mm. I started a band called Stealing Love Jones, which did fairly well in South Africa. We had a couple of number one hits. Uh, we got to tour with amazing bands like Fallout Boy and, uh, our amazing homegrown Seether and all sorts of, of wonderful international bands. And Stealing Love Jones really set the foundation for my trajectory, I think, as an artist and as a songwriter and producer and engineer, Um I learned so much. Dean Love Jones was such a big fish in such a small pond in South Africa that it really, you know, the delusions of grandeur were real. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I learned a lot from being a part of of the band and and the band failing massively in the american markets and just learning how to reinvent uh myself and ourselves and from Ste- from stealing love jones uh, basically since 2009 i've been in the states doing uh songwriting engineering music production and then up until recently, I, uh, I started this project called We Are Pigs during COVID, which is a collaborative project with some of my friends, like Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Head from Corn, Richard Patrick from Filter, um, Seth from Crazy Town. So um, it's definitely from, from church days to now, there's been leaps and bounds, but, uh, it's
0: been a great journey. First of all, why the name Stealing Love Jones? And secondly, why the name We Are Pigs?
1: Uh, well, the the band was first called Love Jones when we started it. I think it was like a fun little marketing ploy. Um, we decided that all of us had the same last names of Jones and that, uh, we, that we just love Jones. So that was the name of, of the band. And then when we started touring in the States, um, there was another band called Love Jones and they sent us a cease and desist letter. And so we just decided stealing Love oh, Jones. Oh,
0: okay. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Which is
1: hilarious <laughs> and silly. Um, and then We Are Pigs. The thought of are humans fundamentally good or are humans funda- fundamentally evil? It's the, the whole album and every song. It, there's a con. that's the concept. Um, and the concept of each one of those songs is focusing on on either good things or bad things that humans do, and it it is really up to you whether you believe humans are fundamentally good or fundamentally evil. I have my thoughts and <laughs> uh and that that's that's pretty much it we We are pigs
0: I've often said I'm an alien from another planet here. Yeah. Just testing out what not to do, so I could go back to my planets and report back to them to tell them what not to do.
1: <laughs> correct, correct.
0: <laughs> so the We Are Pigs. So you mentioned there's, um, is it one album out so far?
1: Uh, we actually have released twelve singles. Okay, we did it. We did it in a in a strange way. I just because I'm I'm working so much with other artists uh, I haven't really had the bandwidth to uh, to put together an entire album for We Are Pigs so I just as I had a moment to to carve out some time to do a song and then we'd drop it and then carve out some time to do a song and drop it so I've just been dropping singles Uh, we have another uh, track coming out at the end of this month, which we're going to put into an EP, which is which is going to be great. So we have about, I think we have 10 or we have nine originals and two covers that we've we've dropped under We Are Pigs thus far.
0: Explain to us that collaboration process. So it's a bunch of amazing artists together in the room. So from zero to three to four minutes, how does a song come together? Is it very collaborative or do each person go... In their own direction, come together and bring ideas, or how is that creative process?
1: Well, this was all done. The majority of these songs were done during COVID, okay, so it was all, it was all done over Zoom, over <laughs> the, the over the interwebs, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, and, <laughs> the and interwebs. it's been it's been amazing because um, my process is I love to start with a beat. And then I add guitars to it and then I'll add like a melody idea. And then I would send that, that rough idea to whichever artist I was working with being like, are you feeling this? It would either be a yes or a no. Uh, and it would be like, okay, great. You're not feeling that. Let me send you another idea. And then as soon as somebody would be like, yo, man, I'm really feeling that song, then they would jump on, um, and we would collaborate on lyrics. Uh, like when, when Billy Corgan did the pig song with us, we basically just sent him the pro tool session and he did a whole bunch of adjustments and ideas and changed a couple of synth things around and then collaborated, uh, lyrically on stuff and then sent it back. So it was just really, you remember the band postal service back in the day?
0: I think so. Yes.
1: They, they apparently how they, hence the band was called postal service was because they would send the, the pro tool sessions on a hard drive or on a disk in the mail to each other. And that's how they would do it. And so it's kind of a similar concept. I guess we're just doing it over, over zoom and Dropbox and we WeTrans- <laughs> It It's kind of amazing what, what, uh, technology has given us and has taken away from us.
0: Yes. Let's now focus on the production and engineering. Were you doing that in South Africa? Or is that something you only picked up when you moved to the States?
1: I was not doing that in South Africa, um, I think I got into production, engineering, songwriting, like out of, out of necessity, really, uh, in terms of being able to be sustainable in the mm-hmm. music industry. Mm-hmm. It was like, you had to figure out like, okay, great. So there's not really any money in songwriting, but there's money in production and there's money in engineering. So I need to figure out how to. Uh, to produce albums how to make beats how to engineer so all of that I really learned over the shoulders of being in the room with some of the biggest engineers and producers in the world from Alex the Kid to J.R. Rotem uh, to uh, Harvey Mason you know all of these guys that would are just giants in the the music industry um, and I got lucky enough to be in the rooms with, with all of these people. And then obviously putting in my time going down YouTube rabbit holes, just learning, like, how does a compressor, compressor work? Like, how do I EQ things? Like, how does multiband compression work? Like uh, how do different mic prees work? You know, so it's all just really educating yourself and knowledge is power and being able to get into the room and, and know what you're doing and what you're talking about. It, it really has given me massive advantages of working with, with artists and, and also just enabling me, empowering me to be able to do my own project in my own time. You know, I don't need anybody else. It's just, I get everything done. I'm not relying on anybody else. It just, I get to put out music when I want to put out music, which is great.
0: I remember reading many, okay. might've changed, but I remember reading many years ago and this, what you said brings up this question for me that the songwriter actually gets the most royalties. Is that no longer the case? Is it more the production and engineers? How does that work for people who are not in the industry, who are listening, who think, okay, cool, the singer and the songwriter get most of the uh, money, but they might be misconstrued on that idea?
1: I mean, when you're talking about the on the royalty back end, it Mm. might be the most money in terms of on the back end, uh, in terms of mechanical royalties, but... On the front end, the the singer-songwriter is not paid. So if you're going into a studio, the studio uh, gets paid, the engineer gets paid, and the producer, nine times out of ten, is getting a fee up front, mm-hmm. the songwriter is working only off percentages on back end. Okay. okay. So if this is a song that doesn't do well, I mean, you are earning zero on mm. the back end. So basically, you've invested all of that time uh in your songwriting, your experience, your melodies, your lyrics and you're not getting anything. Listen, if you're writing a song for Justin Bieber and it has 1 million uh streams and is played on every radio station around the world, you are getting great royalties as a songwriter. Yes. Um so the how a song is split up, which is really interesting, is that basically a song is made out of 200% to make it easy for people to think about this. Okay. One 100% goes to whoever owns the master. So the master is whoever has paid for the recording. So if you are independent artist and you have paid for the recording, you own that master and it's a hundred percent yours, you get 100% of that pie. Then the other 100% of that song goes to whoever has written the song. So let's just say there's four of you in the band. That's 25% each. So that gets split up. So $1 or one rand, if you're only getting 25 cents on, uh, you know, however much, that's not a lot of money uh, if if the song's not doing well or if it's not getting millions and millions of streams. You know, hence, like, people, th- there's just, there's so much, there's so many pros and cons because people can get their hands on on your music now, which is incredible. However, people aren't buying physical records anymore, which is where the money used to be. So there's just, like, labels aren't spending the same money anymore because they don't have to you know there's no marketing budgets anymore because they're like well the artist needs to be on tiktok doing all of these ridiculous things to sell <laughs> their songs you know the the music industry is it's such, it's the wild west it really is
0: it's interesting you say that because and this you brought into the physical now i love me a cd i still buy my cds i like my booklets for it me. It's an energy exchange to the artist to say thank you for all the hard work and all the creativity that's put in. And as you mentioned, there's now these streaming services and um, the physicals making a huge comeback. I'm not sure if you're aware that in the UK alone last year, there were 5.5 million vinyl sold the most since 1990 and CDs are also coming back okay. and cassettes, but you mentioned the uh, digital and the physical. So what's your thoughts around the digital and the physical and the way the industry is moving forward?
1: So I've, I touched on digital and gives you access to every single human on earth. So now, now as an artist, as a a band, as a performer, whoever you are, it really is 100% on you. If your music's not being heard in Russia or your music's not being heard in Japan, because it's like you now have access to every single one of those people somehow, or if you figure out how to do it, Whereas in back in the day, it was really up to radio and then Mm. touring, which would be physical. You could get a physical copy at a a show. Um, It is, as you said, it's so great to see vinyl, the rise of vinyl again and tape. Um, It's funny. I I get sent CDs all the time and I don't even have a CD player anymore. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't even know what to do with these things. (laughs) <laughs> um so i mean my my whole life is on is on digital but i i think it's going to be great that that the the tactical mm. uh part of music is back i mean i remember i was probably like i don't know 15 16 like sitting on my bathroom floor with my like walkman <laughs> on going through the Alanis Morissette record and just devouring every single Mm. lyric. You don't have that same experience anymore. Although TikTok maybe does give that to an artist for, uh, or or to a fan to a certain extent, although it's almost like there was still some kind of mystery, you Mm. know, back in the day and now all that mystery is gone. It's like, if you want to see your favorite artist, like, having a poop like you basically can you know it's like there's it just there is no there's no more of that mystery so yes. it, it just everything has changed
0: let's dive into your production world so when you're producing for another artist mm-hmm. what is that process is it the same for every single artist how does it happen do they approach you do you approach them
1: it it's different with every artist but uh, I have a management company, so the the label or the artist will approach my management, and then we will see what my calendar is looking like, and if it's the right fit, uh, if it's the right budget, um, and then because production is it's an extremely stressful and heavy lift, you know, my job is basically to make an artist's dreams come true, sonically, okay. physically. You know, my, my somebody has put their entire trust in me that I can take what they are giving me and translate it into what they want, sonically, and 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 print that to uh, to tape. It's time consuming. I spend a lot of time with the artist. We're generally in the room together. They'll bring me a song idea, and we will take that from scratch, and we will start looking at the at the song, the song form. Uh, da- where does the, the hook come in? Is the hook strong enough? Is the melody strong enough? Do these lyrics make sense on a concept level? So just really diving in from the roots mm. of, um, I'm I'm very hands on, I'm very involved. Um, and then from there, it's you know we we start looking at like what kind of drums are they doing? Is this a band? Are we tracking live drums? sonically what kind of uh, drum sounds are we looking for do we want like old school 90s snare do we want a modern sounding snare drum how do we want this mix to end everything that we do and everything that I do remembering what the end result is so all of these little steps have to get me to the end result which is why the artist hired me was to make their dream come true really so right from there and then it's like what's the bass tone uh what is the guitar doing are we adding sense to this are we doing uh are we going to use plugins are we going to be doing this organically Mm. um are we doing digital stuff are we do you know so there's so many factors that come into into being a producer in my world, because I'm not just there going like, okay, cool. That's a great take done. Okay. Let's go. I'm, I'm involved very much involved from uh, the grassroots with, with the band. And then sometimes, sometimes production is just programming beats, you know, and programming some 808s and doing some really cool trappy stuff. So it it, it really depends. Like it could be an EDM artist wanting like a big room house track or it could be a metal band wanting a really cool track. So I wear a different hat for every single artist and I treat every single artist and project with a lot of care and love and just really making sure, you know, this is somebody's baby. Mm. And I have to make sure that, that I treat it with love and respect and that that it's also not compromising who they are mm. as a musician, or as an artist, because of course I have ideas and thoughts, and have to ride the line of making sure that that this is right for the artist, and it's mm-hmm. right for the sound, and it's right for the song, and it's right for the band and their brand.
0: You know, I, I, I'm fascinated. It's so interesting. I've, obviously, every person or in the entertainment or the music world has their little part to play, but I didn't realize until now how much the production side of things puts in so thank you for that and it's obviously there's a lot of trust communication discussion and energy flow between producers and artists
1: every single record that i i produce it it is it's like you get into a a very deep relationship mm. with the artist so there's a lot of emotional exchange you know you become the best friend the mentor the the therapist the, <laughs> so it's it really is a lot that that goes onto your shoulders and that's something that I'm still learning to balance uh burnout is very 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 real in this industry especially when you're bouncing between so many many projects it's mm. really hard to keep your cup full the whole time when it's when you're giving yeah. so much of yourself to every artist And I think that's a part of why people do love to work with me is because it's like, I'm all in. It's like, you have 100% of me and it's the, the projects are really special to me and I want them to be, my name has to go on this. Yes. So I I want it to be supreme. I think the We Are Pigs project was born out of needing some kind of release for myself. So the, the, the project is completely self indulgent because usually when I'm I'm in production mode even though I am I am there to capture the artist and not to compromise them to to compromise who they are as as humans and and artists of course I have the label in my ear or the back of my mind the whole time going we need this to be a radio hit we need this to be commercial we need this to be you know so it really is a balancing act Mm. um and with the we are pigs project I'm like nobody tell me what to do. This is 100% for me. This is my therapy. And I don't care if you like it or not.
0: Being the therapist in Commas is also very important for you to have those boundaries that you don't take on their stuff. To know, okay, I'm giving 100%, but some of this stuff is theirs. And even though they are confiding in me, it's important to know that they must not cross that boundary energetically.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's still something that, that I'm trying to work out, um, (laughs) with myself is, you know, I, I do find a lot of the time that I'm incredibly drained, um, because I, I don't, I don't have a balance. I don't have a work life balance. My Mm. life is work. I love it so much. I'm, I'm like head in there. And so, um, I definitely am extending too much of myself, but, but that's also a part of, a part of the magic.
0: And do you prefer working on smaller projects as in one track for an artist, or do you prefer on a whole collective, like an album?
1: I like both. I think because I think, the amount of energy that you put into an album it's it's easier when it's consolidated you know so it's like I'll go and spend a a month with the band and we'll write the album and we'll do all the pre-production and we'll get it so it's like your energy is is confined and then you go into the the studio and you 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 put all of that down Like a lot of the time when you're just doing single here, single there, it's sort of, you're putting in the same amount of energy, Mm. but it's sort of bouncing all over the place. Yeah. So, um, I guess it it probably makes more sense from an energy output point, uh, point of view to to do a full album just because you can really be more focused and your Mm. attention is not being pulled in a million directions with modern music production. It's just like the budgets aren't really there anymore for people to spend a month writing an album, you Mm. know? So it's usually now because of budgets, it's like, okay, great. We're going to do zoom writing sessions and we we're going to just do a week in the studio rather than a month. So, you know, everything changes. Uh, it ebbs and flows when uh, when we did the Chester Bennington project. That was pretty amazing because I just spent like I think it was three months with with the band, you know, every weekend together working on the songs. Mm. Uh, and then we had two weeks in studio where we all just lived in the same house together. And that that's the way that I love to do it. Like keep it keep it old school.
0: Yeah, but that that actually because there's a there's an energy of people being in the same room, there's that Correct. thing. So like, Zoom is great. It's convenient. COVID taught us we can get things done with it, but there's yeah. that that sweet magic of being in the same room with another person.
1: There really is. There really really is. Like writing a song in the room when you're sitting around a drum kit with guitars or or even around a piano, however it is, it, it's a completely different mm. experience. Yeah. Um, writing over Zoom, I find really fatiguing, you know, so it's like, it's different sitting on Zoom for eight hours, yeah. just seems like an eternity. Sometimes I think because it's like hard in your eyes and it's just, yeah. it's a whole different, whereas like sitting in a room with somebody writing a song for eight hours goes by like that. Yes. So it's it's definitely a different level of fatigue and a different brain that you have to use and focus too. You know, it's like when you're in the room with someone, it's like you're there and you're focused. And it's it's hard not to get distracted when you're writing on Zoom or doing yeah. something on Zoom, especially with with these things. It's like they're <laughs> just on the whole time, you know. So yeah. it's like like having to set the phone out of the room so that you're not distracted by what's happening on like TikTok or Instagram. Yeah.
0: Speaking of songs, I know I ha- if I had to ask you this question in four minutes, four days, four hours, four months, I recognize that your answer will be different every time. And I appreciate that. I'm not saying favorite, but if you had to push p- play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom?
1: Oh, my Lord. This is like, <laughs> this is like the most difficult question ever. <laughs> um Wow. Okay, so I don't know if I could pick songs.
0: Okay, that's fine. But
1: but I could probably do artist for you. I would say Alanis Morissette. Mm. uh, That that Jagged Little Pill Mm. changed my life. Deftones, uh, White Pony changed my life. Sneaker Pimps, Becoming X, that album changed my life. You know, I'd have to say like P.O.D. Just from growing up growing up in the church like pod was such a massive part of my life uh and tina turner just such a i grew up listening to her and in our household and just probably the greatest female performer of all time oh,
0: absolutely rest
1: yes. in power i would say those are those are my my top five i don't know if i could give give songs i don't know if my brain can do that <laughs> that's okay that's,
0: okay. <laughs> that's totally this, cool this
1: question totally put me on the spot <laughs>
0: I love the question. My Recipients don't always enjoy it, but that's the fun of it because I know that it will be changing all the time because there's so many and so many brilliant ones. So it's just in that moment. The podcast is listened to throughout the world. As a final message, what would you like to say to the audience?
1: Wow, I'm so grateful for your time and ears today. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I would love for you to follow me on on my socials. So on Instagram, I'm SJJones1. It's E S J A Y J O N E S numeral one. And, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Jones Productions. And then go check out We Are Pigs. You can, uh, you can go to the website, which is www.wearepigsband.com. And then just Google We Are Pigs on uh, We Are Pigs band on Instagram, Facebook, and it will pop up. And there's so many wonderful collaborations. I think people w- will like, hopefully. Uh, and, and we just, we actually just released a, a really cool song called Faded with Crazy Town. And I don't know if, if you grew up. With MTV or not, but I Mm. remember listening to Butterfly, you know, growing up watching MTV and I was like, Oh, he's so cool. This is so cool. So it's always just, just crazy to me that I get to collaborate with, with, you know, people that we grew up in a whole different place in the world. It's just, Mm. it's crazy. So, um, go check out Faded with Crazy Town. Um, hopefully South African radios will start playing it a little bit. Appreciate your time and thank you.